Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadley boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by my pamphlet and sir, we are gathered here to... Uh, we are socially distanced here today, for now at least, to discuss the question, are WWE living in the past? And I realise, Hamlet, that this isn't exactly breaking news, especially <laughs> considering some of the stuff we're going to talk about. But I just thought it was particularly poignant today with Andy breaking the news this morning about WWE management not exactly being big fans of AEW's blood and guts match last week. Uh, one source apparently claiming it was it set the industry back, it set the business, sorry, back 30 years. And the interesting thing as well, which we'll delve into as we go forward, is the roster it thought it was something they'd love to do themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what do you reckon to all this? What do you reckon to all the fallout from blood and guts? Uh, I mean, I don't think WWE is living in the past because if they were, I'd probably like their product more, you know, as one of its aging demographic. If they were living in something like the mid-1990s or maybe even the early 2000s, I'd be like, live there, move there, stay there and never leave there because mm. then I might be able to enjoy Raw once in a while. But yes, this does speak to um, the archaic views of upper management. I think it's interesting, this. It's the kind of, the shortcut take here is that WWE are just past it. Vince McMahon is past it. They're behind the times. They're afraid um, of any kind of evolution of the industry whatsoever. But really, I think there's a lot more cynicism attached to this. Blood and Guts was great. Blood and Guts was a total blast. Um, few knocks and nicks and bumps and bruises and cuts and all that sort of stuff. But um, touch wood, no like injuries that would be, say, career-ending or hopefully career-shortening. You know, nothing along those lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, all of them will make full recoveries and I'll no doubt have this match as a, as a great badge of honour regardless while they re rehabilitate. And yet, it's what the match represents that I think frightens those within WWE so much. As mm. 
gatekeepers of the industry as they believe themselves to be. The last decade plus has been one giant branding mission from WWE. We are wrestling. This is what wrestling looks like by wrestling. And the plan has worked, right? They're getting paid millions and billions for their version of wrestling. This is a threat to that more than it is a threat to the industry. Oh, God, won't somebody please think of the children? All that dated nonsense. It's a threat to the way they've very carefully branded wrestling over the last few years, not to the integrity of the industry or to the health of the wrestlers or anything like that. If Vince McMahon or indeed anybody at his top table want to talk about the health of wrestlers, I mean, Christ, there's more darker corners to start than with Blood and Guts last Wednesday. Um, there is literally a series, Dark Side of the Ring, that will give you about, you know, like 12 episodes a season. It's just not at all in keeping with the corporate values that they have ever so carefully curated in order to get those enormous TV rights fees over the last few years. And I just feel like once the rating vindicated um, mm. TNT's decision to broadcast Blood and Guts on television and AW's decision to book it in the first place, once that rating vindicated that, it may be that some within WWE felt offended that, I don't know, like there might be another way to do this. There might be another way to build your brand beyond the way they've done it. Yeah, I think I'm not suggesting that it should all become sort of wrestling homogenized and AW and WWE should just put the same product out. You know, WWE should, should change its products entirely and do exactly what AEW does or vice versa. Uh, and then just have the stars, you know, demonstrate that because, you know, you look over the history of wrestling, you know, WWF and WCW may have presented similar products towards the end, but they certainly were were definitive enough. And certainly when you add ECW to that mix, that they they sort of had their own lanes that, that were clearly there. I think it's just the reflection of, I think it, 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 what really got to me is, you know, we don't know who, what it was. I said this on the news this morning, whether if it wasn't Vince, it was going to be one of Vince's puppets saying, oh, this has set their business back 30 years. It just feels like a very old school take. And that is not a complimentary term I'm trying to use here. Yeah, and it's also like it feels hypocritical. It feels very easy to pick apart because much of what was happening in Blood and Cuts is kind of foundational territorial pro wrestling stuff anyway. Like, I'll name some names because I don't know if, you know, I'm not to suggest it to any of these people. Like, we don't know who has been saying these things, if indeed they were definitely, definitely said at all. Mm. But Bruce Pritchard speaks lovingly about... um his time in like watch as a fan of the Southern territories working in Texas, things like that, where these matches were commonplace. Jeff Jarrett is a third generation promoter, not even just a third generation wrestler, mm. but a third generation promoter. So like he's lived through every version of pro wrestling. He's seen the highs and lows of every version of it. Paul Heyman, um, of course the architect of ECW, and one that even now, when it seems like he's behind a talent, seems to understand the need for evolution, constant evolution. Mm. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon, Triple H, a massive fan of the, you know, again, like very non-WWE, NWA style, Southern States wrestling that he grew up on. And on and on and on and on. You know, all of them are where they are predominantly because of their background in the business, unless it's not somebody related to the business, unless it's Nick Khan wanting the word out there without his name being attached mm -hmm. because he is looking at this very much from a rights fees point of view, from a belief that he has taken 
a job at the Disney of pro wrestling, you know, has taken a, that, and that's, that could well be it. It could be somebody with no roots in wrestling whatsoever because anyone mm. with any roots in wrestling whatsoever, and I include Vince McMahon in this, Blood and Guts is a name that is a rib at his expense because yeah. he used those words, Blood and Guts, after Cody bled everywhere in the match with Dustin Rhodes. Um, even he knows that you go which way the wind blow. You go which way the wind blows in wrestling, as he did, time and time and time and time again. So it, it has to be, if anybody, somebody that doesn't have a background in wrestling and has just seen that WWE can perform very well for stockholders, can perform very well when TV rights fees comes along, and doesn't necessarily connect this to the past. Anybody saying that this has set the industry back 30 years is effectively saying they weren't a fan 30 years ago. Mm. And we know most people at Vince's behest to be exactly that. And I think the thing is, this isn't just about WWE turning their nose up at blood and guts. It's sort of a microcosm of, of everything we often talk about with them. And let's talk about, you know, the TV product we moan about on a regular basis. And I don't want them to make Monday Night Dynamite or, you know, Friday Night Dynamite. It's not, I'm not suggesting that. But when, I, when we talk about, like you say, archaic traditions, they are so set in their ways that that adaptability of, like you say, just tweaking things here and there, just this impossible churn of what they do. And I'm not suggesting that they should change the amount of output that they do, but it feels like you can't see the wood for the trees in terms of they're so close to it that they just think, oh, well, people aren't happy, so we'll get some celebrities in and we'll let a few people say the word bitch and that'll be all good again. It's down to this rotten elements of of monday night raw in particular obviously down to the core isn't it and the the fact that they will not change they may say oh we'll bring in some of your favorite wrestlers but they still have to adapt you know they have to square peg and round holes adapt to that formula and that format yeah it's ironic that like every episode of raw has live written on the screen because it feels dead like the product feels dead um there's no the way they produce television has been like objectively proven, uh, you know, I'll roll my eyes as I say every time, but objectively proven at securing huge money, which yeah. is ultimately how they're going to drive their industry, drive their business model these days. Um, it is at the expense of good quality wrestling television. Good angles sneak through, good promos sneak through, good matches happen because you've signed, like in terms of like quality, like the, the the best roster you've ever had in terms of quality across the board, like basement level quality is above anything outside of like a top two or three elite tier workers, say 30 years ago, as this seems to be like, you know, a figure that's banded around. And yet as a way to assemble a wrestling television show, it has now made itself impossible to be entertaining. It's immune to being entertaining. Everything. I, like I wish we didn't have to damn things with such faint praise, but it is, it's like, You'll throw to me or Sidgwick on a review podcast, and it's always the same. And was this quite good? <laughs> I, I, I literally cannot remember a time where consistently that wasn't the case. You you will be going, we, we throw it out as a figure all the time. You will be going back 20 years to find a time where you could watch a show for more than, let's be generous, three weeks in a row where you weren't just left feeling like, oh, the things you were going to enjoy were going to be the exception rather than the rule mm. because they've found their formula and they're stubbornly sticking to it. Um, when it appears less so on the likes of a SmackDown, 
or on the likes of NXT, what you then find is the show that you might enjoy having this little stench of mm. WWE about it. WWE becomes the guest at the party that you don't want there. <laughs> you know, you're having a good time and then somebody cuts a promo or there's an interruption or there's some 50 camera cuts for one suplex or whatever it is mm-hmm. where it just snaps you back to the reality that you're watching WWE television. And again, not in the way that is remotely complimentary. It's become WWE from being, and it probably still is, you know, the in theory at least, like the highest quality production. I do wonder if that's can still be objectively considered the case when you see some of those camera cuts. But in theory, the highest quality production of a show in the world is no longer a stamp of approval because that WWE logo in the corner means at some point you're probably going to be disappointed as a fan. Mm. You're not going to be able to earnestly invest. I'll say this for blood and guts. Uh, regardless of what anybody internally thought of the match after the bell rang, they would be lying to themselves and others if they didn't feel the energy beforehand. If they mm. could honestly watch that product with a couple of thousand socially distanced fans and the music blaring and the like temperature rising after a year in this godforsaken pandemic and think, well, I don't get this. This is setting us all back. Well, they're just lying. They're just out and out lying because that's the energy that all wrestling will need to summon again, like as soon as it possibly can. And Blood and Guts was immensely successful in doing that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Now, I want to talk about 
what it'd take to change this in due course. But I just, I don't want to hark on about it, but in terms of like a disconnect between bosses and talent, like I say, this was a perfect encapsulation of that, of them saying, oh, I wouldn't mind doing blood and guts and then upper management saying, oh God, you'll never catch us doing that sort of thing. But like I said, it's just time after time after time. And I know, you know, you could arguably excuse certain elements of uh, post-WWE shoot interviews, let's say. But from CM Punk to John Moxley to Luke Harper, it feels like it's the same old thing. And, you know, I get people being disgruntled and thinking they should be the top of the card and maybe they aren't for... And maybe sometimes it gets it can get blown out of proportion as to why or misinterpreted. But you listen to almost anyone and the fact that they have to return to, and we talked about this the other day, return to Vince McMahon's Jedi mind trick. The fact he has to employ (laughs) that tells you that they're trying to force some uphill, basically, aren't they? Always. Like, absolutely always. It's not... We've gone long past the point where, for the while, that was speculated upon. Now we just hear it, as you say, over and over and over again from a variety of different wrestlers, from a variety of different backgrounds, um, you know, you only have to look because he sort of feels like an outlier compared to some of the names that you've fired off there because a lot of them have got backgrounds on the independents or they're considered quote-unquote internet favourites or they've just they've just applied their trade at a certain level elsewhere and it's like they've got to wash some stink off. Look at a Zack Ryder and what that 2012 burial did in terms of like a message, making it like sending a message to the talent, what mm. that did, because he was a guy that did everything, even though it was within the system and like, you know, as a WWE superstar, he did everything by himself to gain that appeal, to get those chants in the arenas, to sell out of the ugly single Zack Ryder shirt that was on WWEshop.com. All of those things were done off his own back. Uh, The whole grab the brass ring, take your opportunity stuff, that's him doing that. And it's him doing it, remember, to make WWE more money. Yeah, it wasn't Zack. It's not wasn't Zack Ryder Enterprises. The more successful Zack Ryder is, the more successful it'll be for WWE's bottom line. But he wasn't their guy, so he got crumbs, and then he got what looked like punished for six months. And what a loud and clear statement that was to any wrestler. That was like, it genuinely doesn't matter what you do. It's yeah. all about how Vincent Man feels about you when he wakes up one day. It's it's all about that. Like there are, of course, there are all proven exceptions. Daniel Bryan, Becky Lynch to a lesser extent, Kofi Kingston. Like, there are definite rule-proven exceptions, but that's a crap era to be in. The rule-proven exception era is a a bad era. Every talent that could, should be able to get over. And that's the way around it should be. And your rule-proving exceptions there, all of them, it wasn't like they took an initial step back and went, listen to that. Yeah, we need to react to that. Like you say, very, very... Uh, retro booking in terms of like, right, the management have decided this person is the guy and this this audience will accept that through what we tell them. And from everyone, from Becky Lynch, who got that amazing reaction when she turned on Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam, I would say, yeah. yeah. And they still the next night went, she's a heel. They didn't take that 24 hours and go, look at this reaction. She's the, look at that way. They were. Kofi Kingston, that you know, they presented it as a Kofi versus WWE thing. And I sense behind the scenes that was even truer. And Daniel Bryan, they will now, you know, tell us that this was the plan all along. 
you lived it. You know that's not the case. So even the rule brewing exceptions still have to have to fight past these ridiculous traditions, these ridiculous rules from the past or the way that they think, rather than, you know, and I, I don't want this to make, make any of these WWE versus AW, but this is the perfect example to present it as of like, WWE would ignore the audience reaction, whereas AW would harness it and go, okay, they're reacting well to this Orange Cassidy. Like, let's put him in there. And I'm not saying it went well, but let's put him in there with, with a Chris Jericho. Let's give him a shot of potentially being number one contender for the title because they comprehend that, like you say, if you're making money regardless and ridiculous amounts of money, surely then reward your fans because there's no skin off your nose who's whoever's front and center is it well it, it feels that way doesn't it it feels like like wb's philosophy as those checks roll in should be well you might as well yeah like, why don't you give your fans something to sing about again at some point audiences are going to be back in the arenas but even then i feel like they they believed like audience protests to be nothing more than a few tidal waves that would ultimately wash up and then dissolve at the shore and then be gone. Mm. And they, they were sort of proved right because fans were beaten into submission. And then by 2019, what happened? They lost their monopoly. They assumed that the fans would go quiet and then we'll get our way. Instead, what happened was a lot of fans went quiet and said, Should we buy tickets to this other company instead. Mm. I want to, you know, in, to reference your point about this not being just yet another WWE, AW comparison. I want to like move to make the point specifically that I don't believe aw to be a like sunshine and farts organization backstage <laughs> I, like i genuinely don't i think it's amazing that a lot of wrestlers want to come out and say tony Khan's the best boss they've ever had or, or whatever and i believe that to be true too by the way aw's like what coming up on three years old um and you know they've had like great success loads of people have had loads of opportunities especially in a pandemic like they've proven to like try and get wrestlers on dark or on elevation morale you would feel must be quite good because of winning the Wednesday night wars and just generally like all the positivity around that brand. Like, of course it's going to feel amazing going into work if you're doing well, but at the same time, I think you're foolish to assume that it still isn't something close to an autocracy, you know, like Tony Khan, by all accounts, some of the directionless feeling to the early dynamites was corrected by Tony Khan, taking a firmer hand on the wheel mm. and saying, you know, like, right, that Dark Order punches stuff isn't going to happen again. The Nightmare Collective isn't going to happen again. We're, I will take all these suggestions and there is a committee, but it's all going to go through me. And he was credited for that, you know, like best booker in the Observers, best promoter. He'll probably win it again this year too. It's been great television. But it, it's just my belief that like that runs like an autocracy too. The billionaire that owns the company will make the final decision on most things. The trick is is that you take the consideration of your wrestlers and you listen, as you say, to those reactions on television and you present it as best like a meritocracy as possible. You cannot, um, you can't like sort of manifest the dreams of every wrestler every week. No. But if you do it, but if you do it enough, you motivate the rest of the wrestlers to think, well, that happened for them and them and them and them and them. Maybe it'll happen for me. And in the meantime, Fans will think that happened for them and them and them and them. Maybe it'll happen for my favourite. And it becomes this snowball effect where you just, as long as you create the idea that it's a potential meritocracy, it doesn't really matter if it's an autocracy. 
WWE have never steered harder into the idea that it's an autocracy. It's Vince McMahon's way or the highway. Every WWE Network documentary comes with the wrestlers, like, crying down cameras, looking like they're just exhausted from the mental and physical health concerns of being a WWE superstar, having a good match, going backstage and looking for that validation from Vince McMahon. Mm. Because if they did well today, maybe they'll be okay tomorrow. That, like, that thin ice effect that so many of them seem to skate on. And I just... I think that's that's where there's such a huge difference between the two companies is that one, even if it isn't maybe quite as of a unicorn farm as some talents would tell us, and maybe it is. Look, I'm an outsider of all of it. I'm just suggesting it's probably not. Um, they can present the idea that it, that it can be, and it does. Remember when they used to call SmackDown the land of opportunity? <laughs> just because it was marginally better than Raw. Like... AEW is the, is the legitimate land of opportunity by comparison because wrestlers go there and feel like they actually get one. Now, we've talked a lot about these TV deals and the fact that it's a content factory now and let alone TV deals and Peacock and what have you. Like, they are future-proof regardless. So it's sort of an empty question, this. But could this genuinely affect WWE going forward in terms of, let's say, in five years' time, uh, uh, ben Carter, for example, if he if he came around again, despite his love and adoration and you know dream childhood dream of going to wrestle for WWE, the 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 perception of them is getting so much that people may they may miss out on the talent that they want as much as they can throw money at a problem. So can AEW, to be fair, uh, because of these perceptions and they're like I say these antiquated views of the industry well this is we are living through this now in a way that unfortunately we're not going to be able to say i told you so for like five years and even then we're not going to want to say it because we're not going to want to be smug bastards mm. but you are alienating generations of fans with this product and AEW stands to gain a small percentage of those alienated and disenfranchised fans to watch their show instead ben carter is such a perfect example I remember the, again, all pandemic era, but I remember the, just the lame, lame conversations online that kicked off when Ben Carter went to NXT UK instead of, well, not instead of AEW, you know, nobody ever said anything about a bidding war. AEW didn't pay him to work. He got to, you know, helped his visa or something to be able to work there. But he signed for NXT UK and straight away, there was a lot of conversations of people saying, oh, I'll, like, I'll really miss getting to see Ben Carter <laughs> because WWE is kind of like, created this ingrained belief that you're going to lose your favorites yeah you might see them once in a while but they're not going to be able to like have the expression that they once had as wrestlers they're going to talk in those wwe riddles that are dressed up as promos you know like they're just going to become these faceless like wrestle bots mm. like as we record aria ripley is the one that springs to mind in her current guys on monday night raw and there's loads and loads of precedent for that being true but that wasn't how that take was read by a lot of people a lot of people saying how dare you rail against this young boy that just wants to live his dream and it's like well you miss the nuance and the point of that entirely but that's what you're going to think so fair enough <laughs> so the the new normal becomes people that don't have that as a dream that becomes the only way to have that argument without it just ascending into bad faith mm. which is well it was never my dream to begin with to wrestle for WWE it was in fact my dream to wrestle in AEW and if that pendulum switches like if that pendulum swings, should I say, then there is a slim chance that all of this changes because we are deep 
really deep, 15 years deep into the era of wrestlers that grew up as WWE fans that spent all their lives hoping and just wants to walk the aisle at WrestleMania or main event and Monday Night Raw. Or, and I always go back to this one, and I love them more than most wrestlers in the world, so I feel like I'm allowed to just have this tiny dig. That episode of Ride Along where Sasha said to Bailey, I can't believe we worked to no mercy. And it's just like, I can, because you're the best. Uh, like, you, you, you're better than a no mercy. You can main event any goddamn pay-per-view you want. But there were just huge WWE fans, and this was 2017, I think. Best friends celebrating what they believed was a huge checkpoint, as I'm sure it was, as absolutely they should be proud of. Don't misunderstand me. But there will be generations now that couldn't give a toss about working a no mercy or a clash of champions or in WrestleMania backlash, you know? And then the next level up from that is the wrestlers that don't care about pointing at the WrestleMania sign or winning the Royal Rumble or holding the WWE title because instead they want to hold the AEW title or because they want to hold the IWGP title or whatever it might be. Um, It will be very interesting in five to 10 years, assuming that AEW sticks around, assuming that New Japan's attempt on penetrating the Western market doesn't implode completely post-pandemic, just how many people come up with that mindset Mm. instead of the Vince McMahon one? We sort of partially started down to my final question here because I know the big answer to this, and uh, we've covered it on many occasions about the significant, let's say, power shift that may cause all this to change. But yeah, could could something like in terms of what it could take for to snap WWE out of this funk, like you say, is it that this perception genuinely changing and, and WWE no longer like UFC is being the buzzword for for wrestling, UFC is for MMA, and it being, you know, what culture changing our own bloody handle or something? You know, I'm, uh, you know, it's <laughs> no. What I mean by it that is like if AW get a better TV deal or if WWE struggle to get a TV deal or if, you know, Dynamite genuinely does and not just in demographics or anything like that because people can always dismiss that, but Dynamite starts doing 2 million a week. Could that be the, 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 the way that, you know, lifts the weights from the eyes of WWE's management and makes them realise if we don't, change our plans here that you know we're we're losing and i'm not saying to aw or to wherever i'm just using it as an example but yeah what would it take to change all this pamphlet to answer your question i don't want to just say no but the answer still feels like no they won't see any of that as a reason to change um the thing about we're we're avoiding the elephant in the room so just saying it People often think, well, it's going to be when Vincent Van dies, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not particularly willing to engage in such a morbid and cruel discourse. Yeah. But future-proofing isn't just about the financial security of the company. It is a level of systemic control that Vince McMahon has assumed uh, over his time in that job that will take probably decades to to shift like there'll be lots of minuscule changes there will be lots of different ways of operating what's like a really petty example here's vince mcmahon doesn't like sponsorships on the canvas right he thinks this should just be like a clean canvas no no labels no nothing right okay like that's this is like a tiny thing Mm. like how long might it take a lot of people all together to convince a few older heads trusted vince mcmahon aides 
you know what? We could be selling the ring off for like a million pound per company. We can put 10 sponsors on there. Like that kind of thing might take five years after Vince is gone just because of how deep all of his philosophies are embedded in the company. I've gone for an intentionally minuscule example yeah. there because if that small thing needs to be fought for, imagine how you're going to fight for the big things. Imagine how many hills you've got to try and die on just to get a few wins here and there because yeah. of the things Vince McMahon. The promos aren't going with. away just, just because Vince McMahon has. Yeah, exactly that, exactly that. Um, a lot isn't going away just because Vince McMahon has. Um, I would love to think that it could be as simple as the 90s documentaries told us. It's just competition. It's just the spirit of competition. Um, I, You know, a little bit of drool forms in the corner of my mouth when you mention AEW getting 2 million because... It's this number now, isn't it? It feels like WWE's baseline. WWE seem to be completely and wholly reliant on 2 million people every week, basically. The 2 million they get for the for SmackDown and the occasional two they can creep towards for Raw appear to be it. That they have found their... It's both their ceiling and their rock bottom, effectively, in one <laughs> yeah. number. 2 million. So if AEW did find it, I want to watch it happen. I want to watch... Any response, if there is one to be found, I just feel like I'd be living in the past if I thought that was going to be like a magic wand fix to all this. I, I just, it's, there's no, there's no, the answer is, are WWE living in the past? Yes. Will WWE stop living in the past? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't see anything like you say changing anytime soon. At what point, like as well, at what point does, like what happens when this present becomes the past? I know we had like a lot of fun at the expense of the um, Ruthless Aggression documentary series, right? Like we specifically had a lot of fun at that show's <laughs> yeah. expense. But like, look at the brutal truths of that. They can tell you everything you want. They can tell you everything they want in a Ruthless Aggression docuseries. How many of those names are rocking up on Raw Legends night? It's not many, is it? Like, half of them are getting over again now, brand new. <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, MVP, Bobby Lashley, and on and on and on it goes. Like, people that were featured in that documentary are only getting their proper turn at it now. Drew McIntyre stands a chance of coming back to a Legends night in 20 years because of the run he's having in 2020, not the one he had when he was a decade younger. Mm. Like, it's all joking aside. They're not making program that pro they're not making programming now that seems like it's going to stand up to a legend, like SmackDown throwback that was just last week. How many people are going to be asking for the return of the Thunderdome aesthetic for one night only in 2043? <laughs> it's like like the way that people were for the fist. Like mock all that stuff all you want, but at least it shows that there was feeling for it. Like where where now is the feeling for this product? Where like Which is something they've dined out on. Feeling for their old product is something they've dined out on for years. Very interesting this going forward, isn't it? And and how they'll react to to any other competitors. Like like you say, I don't want to just make this a you know A or B argument, but my words, I just couldn't get over that this morning. But let us know your thoughts on uh, on everything we've discussed today. Whether you think WWE are still living in the past and what can be done to change that on Twitter uh, at What Culture WWE. Really enjoyed chatting about this with you, Hamlet. Uh, you can follow Michael Hamlet on Twitter at Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including personification of everything we've discussed, the Raw Review. That's out tomorrow. Uh, but this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Havlett. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.